0: Hey everyone, so welcome back to another episode on Let's Try Adulting. Today is another guest episode, and you're gonna hear all about it. You're gonna hear me do like another small little intro. Um But today we're talking with Prima. She I'm gonna read her bio, but she is an astrologer. I've been looking for an astrologer for a while. So she came at a perfect time. But Prima is a leading Vedic astrologer, business oracle, and award-winning author and creator of Your Sacred Wealth Code book. And let me tell you, I got mine back and I'm like, oh, wow. So we'll explain um, in the interview what Your Sacred Wealth Code is and more about the book. But when I tell you when I got my results back, I'm like, that fits me to a T. But she has also created... Oracle cards and a journal uh, called Unlock Your Soul Blueprint to Purpose and Prosperity. Using the ancient science of Vedic astrology and her gift of intuition, she guides and teaches conscious visionaries and entrepreneurs to activate their divine gifts and align with their sacred wealth code so that they can unlock their soul blueprint for purpose and prosperity. And again, like <laughs> this, this uh, just sign up and have your secret wealth coat done by Prima. It's, it's amazing, it tells about your personality, what works for you, what doesn't, uh, when you're feeling outside of yourself of alignment. And I felt that this, especially with the Saturn return, and my Saturn return has passed um, at the time of this release, if you're listening to it in real time, it was about a month ago, uh, well, almost a month ago at the end of April. But this fit me well in terms of what I was looking for, um, how I viewed myself, more things of my conscious self, subconscious, and how I view the world with astrology as well. So I'm a learner, but I'm not quite there. But this episode is really insightful. So I encourage you to do your Sacred Wealth Code with Prima. All the links will be down in the description. And screenshot this episode and let me know what you thought of it. And excuse me, if you can tell, kind of talking out of my nose, yeah, it's getting a little disgusting again. So uh, please bear with me. Uh, I'm so glad that I batch podcast episodes, quite honestly, so you don't have to listen to this just in the intro. So I'm going to get off. I hope that you have a great day and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Okay, and remember all the links are down in the show notes. Okay, bye well hello there hey hey welcome to let's try adulting on this podcast we learn laugh heal and don't give a fuck by being unapologetically an adult on this podcast there are no stupid questions or judgment we talk about a variety of adulting we talk about life money sex spirituality food healing ourselves growth, and of course, all the monsters that live under our adulting beds. Because honestly, are we even doing adulting right? this sounds like the podcast for you, I encourage you to join me, your host, Ja'Kara Davis, right here every week on Wednesdays at noon. And as always, mindset is everything. Let's try fucking adulting. So hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Let's Try Adulting. Happy summer because I know this is when the episode will come out. Um, well, it's like it's like May, but to me it's summer because it's warm. So <laughs> happy summer, everyone! Um, but today we are joined with a guest. I have been looking for a guest for astrology for the longest time. If you have listened to any of the past episodes, but we have finally found someone um, through networking, fabulously. And I am so excited to welcome her on. Uh, So Prima, if you could introduce yourself, tell us who you are. And yeah, I just want to say thank you again for (laughs) coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah, My name is Premali Gareri. And I really it's in my heart and what I do with most of my work in lots of different ways is I guide conscious women visionaries who are really ready for more ease, more flow, more fulfillment in their lives, in their business, and really helping them to unlock their divine gifts and transform their life and their business from the inside out. And I use energetics, astrology, and intuition. Um, And so, you know, I feel, you know, big part of my mission is to really help women step into their divine gifts And when you really are in your own gifts, you're living at what I call the intersection of purpose and prosperity, which I'm sure that we will unpack during this episode. And that way it gives you a very simple path to know you're on purpose, you're doing what you're here here to do but you're also going to create prosperity in a way that's right and true for you and so this big part of this work and why i'm here is the more you master yourself the more you know yourself the more you can drive this amazing vehicle of you through your life through the things that you want to create and also the challenges and soul challenges along your way so that you don't let those things kick you off your path and you get the knowledge and the wisdom from them so that you can uh, you can take them along your path because everything that comes to you if you look at it it's for you you you're much more able to dive in and find out what's in it for you what you what can you learn now and not have to wait you know 10 years to learn from it
0: oh I feel like there's going to be so many good quotes in this podcast episode Um, but like like you just said like I, I I'm a person that believes um I didn't used to believe this but that life happens for you rather than to you and that the world, even though it seems like a lot of times it's out to get you, that it's really not. It's just helping you to build yourself more into the person that you're supposed to be, whether you accept that person that you're supposed to be or not. But I firmly believe in that, that life happens for you, not to you, even though sometimes it seems like it's to you. <laughs> all it's it's all the
1: perception, right? We are, <laughs> we're at choice to perceive it any which way that we choose. Mm.
0: Yeah. So I have um, a question. I like to ask this to everyone. So how did you get started with the thing that you're doing? Did it just fall out of the sky? Or was this because I know astrology is like, it's a huge change in like the direction of you believe. So was it something like you believed in something else before? And then you're like, Oh, astrology is interesting. And it's relevant to my life. How did you get started? So
1: number one, I do a lot of things and astrology is part of that. And we're going to talk deeply about that today. And um and my passion with astrology is to really help people, it is just a great way for people to understand themselves and the timing of their soul choices. Uh, their gifts and their soul challenges as well. I don't use it for prediction. I use it for timing, which is different because I don't ever want to rob people of choice. And anytime you're having a prediction, that's just one timeline at any given moment. And we are at choice. So I got started on this path, which I'm going to generalize it because it's really the path of being a spiritual seeker, seeking to become more conscious. And I started this in my early teens. Uh, I just I started to read spiritual things. I got into yoga very early. I got into astrology. And it was really the yogic path that really sort of grabbed me. And I became a yoga teacher. And I'm really fast-forwarding and going quickly here because it was a lot more to the story <laughs> than that. But within the um, umbrella of being a yoga teacher, and there's eight different limbs to yoga, I could study the philosophy and and understand deeper and in the body and the somatic work but also Vedic astrology is also a branch um, it comes from the Vedas just like Ayurveda comes from the Vedas um, 8,000 old spiritual texts and so it was really through my Um, continue seeking around how I can understand myself and the people around me a lot better and understanding like what's going on in the cosmos. Like I can sense it. I can feel it, but like, what does it have to do with me? And I was into Western astrology first, but when I got exposed to Vedic astrology, it just landed and hit home and felt more resonant than ever. And of course I was already steeped in being a yoga teacher. I had a yoga and healing arts center uh, and that work really this was just so much in alignment with with that work and it was just like oh I could just dovetail this into what I was already doing because my um my teaching as far as yoga went in my yoga center, which was called yoga and beyond the yoga of life. The philosophy was that this is a very heart centered yoga. We need to tap into ourselves. And this is really all practice for when we walk out the door and we're doing our real life, you know, how to, and all, you know, you have to come face to face with yourself on the yoga mat. So as I transitioned into Vedic astrology, I started to really weave that into my work as well. And Vedic astrology is a really lifelong study. Um, only because it's a really deep subject. There's a lot of facets to it. So it still keeps me very busy in that. But the angle that I then took as far as the work that I'm really centered around now with Vedic astrology, although we're gonna talk about Saturn today and adulting, mm-hmm. and we could talk about the transits that are happening, we're having an eclipse soon, We're doing, and, or we could talk about you know, um, a, a birth chart. Or, but I also came up with, came upon something called your sacred wealth code through Vedic astrology, and which is based on a scientific principle in Vedic astrology. And how I came upon that was going through what I like to call the dark night of the soul. Easier to say that now than when I was in it, but I was in a time of, of just great challenge with my yoga center being that it was, I thought it was all I wanted. It was a big, beautiful state-of-the-art center. It was probably ahead of its time. Uh, I had, was training classes and teachers in my own methods. I had practitioners there and it was a, Six figure in sale business, but it didn't really support me. Um, There was a lot of overhead, a lot going out, and I didn't have that even energy exchange sometimes entrepreneurs find themselves in. And I, I, I tried everything to really make the center work for me too. It worked for everyone else, you know, worked for my clients and my community. But we were hitting about the five-year mark, and it was, I tried to sell it, bring in a partner, even turn it into a nonprofit, and I just wasn't able to, to dial it in, so I was receiving the prosperity, and I couldn't understand, because I really knew I was on my purpose, and I being that I was going through a dark night of my soul, I was also going through a time where my marriage was falling apart, and so the finances, the center finances were falling apart, and so I was doing all this clearing of my blocks and and getting, you know, redoing my purpose and trying to really get straight about everything. And it still wasn't working. So as I was unlocking the door one morning to teach a class at six 30, it just hit me like, like stopped me in its tracks. Like you have to let this go. Mm. And I was thinking I was letting things go. I was doing all this inner work to release things. Right. But I've got it like, no, you need to let this brick and mortar building and this Mm -hmm. center and this construct of what this is, that you're the one who's carrying on your back now, uh, which Saturn was a a big part of this for me. Um, I had to let it go. I was being over responsible. And uh, so I dissolved the center, which was, um, which was a heartbreaking process to do without feeling like I was a failure. I knew in my heart that it was just another step on my path, but there was no way I could dodge the fact that at some level it felt like a failure. And I really vowed to stay on my knees uh, to figure out like, where had I gone off? Where had I gone wrong? And so after dissolving the center and taking some time, single parenting at the time and taking some time to just really dive into the, my chart, the astrology, the belief clearing work I did, like what what's, was off? And I really started to look at uh, what I now call your sacred wealth code, which is actually based off um, two scientific principles within Vedic astrology. Vedic astrology is very it's a science and it's an art to read it. So it is based on Donna and Raja yogas. This is where your purpose and your prosperity part of this aspect is come together. And as I was really looking at that, because I knew I was in my divine gifts, but I also saw where I was in the shadow side of those gifts and also um, not fully utilizing and sort of coming out of the closet with the intuitive I am and part of my gifts and leaning into a part of my gifts that were things I'm good at and are not part Mm. of my wealth code instead of what I'm really brilliant at. And when I came to that realization, I was so incredibly grateful that, okay, I see the key here. And I had to do some deep clearing work to step out of my shadow and get Mm. that confidence back to shift my whole business around. My purpose never really changed, which is to live and to teach others to live from the inside out. And that never really changed, but the expression of it changed. And so, you know, with our purpose, it changes throughout our life. Sometimes it literally takes a left turn and changes because you get into a deeper level of it. But sometimes it's just the expression that changes because your purpose isn't your business. It isn't the book you just wrote. It isn't something someone your job. It's actually it's much deeper than that. It's the why of all of that. So what was beautiful about this is as I stepped into my gifts and really owned this, which really took doing the clearing work. And I have to say still takes that. I was able to shift this around within six months or so. I was I launched my new business, which was working with less people for uh, for more money, because I'm wired up to go deep with people and people tend to stay with me for over a period of time. And I went online at that point and I'm dating myself, but that was back in 2007. So, uh, you know, I was working on the phone at first and then on Skype calls and things like that. and uh, And just things started to really flourish. I was really in my own, the right clients just showed up. The next idea showed up and I was able to follow through on it and was able to have a very lucrative business. And that's morphed in lots of different ways. And eventually wrote my book, Your Sacred Wealth Code, Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. Um, My Oracle cards birthed and, and the journal and the Sacred Wealth Code readings. And what I love about this body of work is that really wherever you're at in life, It gives you that glimpse inside your divine gifts and where you may be stuck in your shadow that maybe you can't quite see. And then the deeper work I do with people in over a period of time, like in my solutionary blueprint program is we walk the path to how do you actually take that those gifts and live that all the way through your life, your business, whether it's boundaries or managing the fact that you're an empath or how do you do conscious creation or what do you do when you're in your Saturn return and how do you deal with perfectionism, you know, all these things so that you can uh, birth what you're here to birth or step into what you're here to step into.
0: And I will say uh, to anyone that's listening, if she's mentioned your sacred wealth code, I highly encourage anyone to get that done um, through her. And we'll leave the link down in in the the, the show notes. I have to think where my brain is. We're on podcast show notes. Um, But we'll leave it down there in the show notes um, for you to take it. I have mine. It is wildly amazing and insightful. And I'm not going to lie. I'm an introvert. So it's also a little scary and things that I don't want to deal with. But I know that this will be beneficial in the end. Um, like I know, I talk about therapy here a lot on the podcast, and even though I haven't started, I use this as like my self therapy to like guide me. And oh, this is how I feel about this. So I highly encourage anyone um, that is listening to do your sacred wealth code, and it's it's phenomenal. It's amazing. But I love astrology, so I might be biased. I don't know. Um, and I, you know, let's just say with your sacred
1: wealth code, what your sacred wealth code. Is 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 you don't have to know a lick of astrology to mm. to receive it uh there's a body of archetypes that represent the different aspects of your gifts and your shadow and archetypes are a soul language so everyone can tap into that so what do i mean like for instance you know um if you're a collaborator or a mystic or um an engineer so a teacher yeah they're all from hand-painted paintings they're pretty amazing um, and all the book and cards and everything are available on amazon your sacred wealth code but a, a different story just opened up for each and every one of you just by saying you know a teacher a magician and in a story that you can relate to and so when the archetypes sort of channeled and showed up on the scene, I was very, very grateful because instead of me um, really having to articulate with each and every person their, uh, the details of their gifts, which I do on it when I'm working with my clients, whether it's a reading or whether it's an, an ongoing client in one of my programs, but it gave a way for this body of work to reach more people where I can look at someone's chart put together your archetypes like like with you and you receive them and then you can they they'll speak to you and you can interpret them but the, you know they there's they have a purpose and and a mantra with each one and shows you the shadow side and, and gives you a list of things that you're really good at and so they're they're very informative but super user friendly
0: mm-hmm. it is it, it overall it's just a great read too i was reading re, re-reading it earlier today on my lunch break and I was like there's just some things I need just to see again, but I, I definitely like it. Um, it's it's your, to be reminded <laughs>
1: how brilliant you are. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I know you have mentioned it a few times, and we're going to get into the Saturn return. But really quickly, can you describe or tell us what is a Vedic? Vedic? I'm so sorry. I did. I don't know if I'm. You saying it, You right. did it. Great. Yeah. Vedic. 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 Astrology. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us uh, briefly? what it is in um the comparison to western astrology sure.
1: so first of all uh we're using the same sky <laughs> as western astrology we're using the same zodiac as western astrology uh, Vedic astrology is older it comes from the vedas it's been around a very very long time we keep time differently than uh western does so so for instance if you're uh it's twenty three degrees different. So, for instance, if your ascendant was in Aries, it may very well be in the sign before Pisces in Vedic astrology. Also, with Vedic astrology, um, it, we call it this. It's the sidereal zodiac. We call it the true placement of the planets. So, what does that mean? When you look up into the heavens, for instance, uh, right now we've got all well, Saturn's just about to go into Aquarius and Jupiter just moved into Pisces mid month. That's if you look through a telescope in the sky, that's where they actually are. That's why we call it the true placement of the planets where it's the tropical Zodiac uh, that the Western system uses. So it's a different angle on the sky, but I, th- I find Vedic astrology to be uh, incredibly accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use the same planets Except for the outer planets, which are Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, we use them to a lesser degree, meaning we don't let any houses, they don't rule any houses because they don't animate any light. They're all dark planets. And Vedic astrology translates into, um, it's called Jyotish in Sanskrit word, Jyotish, which translates into the science of light. So we are looking at where the light is from the planets. Uh, when you're born. And then I'm a sky watching astrologer. So now the transits that are going on and then there's, there's a deeper level that's called soul uh, Dasha system, which is the soul cycle of the planetary cycle you're running. So you have All these different layers to look at, to see what it looks like from here. What does it look like from here? What does your purpose look like from here? So it's not just one viewpoint and that's super, super useful. I, I find it a very practical astrology when done well, because um, what's the, you know, what's the use of knowing the energy if you don't know what to do with it. And so that's what I'm so much about is, is here, this is what we, we do with it. So that's just a little bit of rundown on Vedic and Western. Yeah.
0: And I was going to ask the question at the end, but you answered it. Do you consider <laughs> Pluto still a planet? Um, but so
1: pluto and and neptune and uranus and there's a couple other that are actually in the vedas That it's actually this this whole science is like written in these spiritual texts so Mm -hmm. it's actually in the vedas but again because they're not planets of light the way we look at them is when they're in conjunction with a planet or like when we we've had some pluto conjunctions this last year so when it's in conjunction with a planet or when you're in your birth chart uh, when things are within a one or two degrees, when there's a, a conjunction, that's when we, in the sky or in the chart, that's really when we consider those outer planets. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. I, I have so much more research to do. This is incredibly interesting to me. And I, I knew there were two different types or there might be even more two different types, like the Western and the Vedic astrology, but what, um, in my experience or people that I've connected with most people just like oh yeah the western is fine but we do it this way <laughs> So yeah this is this is interesting I'm gonna have so much more to um, dive into as well uh, on my own personal part <clears throat> but um, I want to talk about Saturn return so this is the meat I guess of the podcast um, can we start with what is a Saturn return and if, if someone has no idea like um into astrology what does this mean for them Saturn? I know a little bit but I want you to explain <laughs> yeah.
1: and I'm gonna actually preface that with why it's important why are we even okay. talking about that so Saturn is uh one of the okay all planets all mature at a certain time a- after a certain when you're a certain age and Saturn is the second oldest planet it. Matures sometime around the age of 36. So Saturn happens to be uh, one of the most spiritual planets, and it is not the easiest planet. And for some charts, it's easier for, and some charts it's not. But why it, it is why it is one of the most spiritual planets is because it's here to teach us detachment. It's here to teach us that what we're seeing in front of our eyes, the experience we're having is ephemeral. It's moving, it's changing. It is not here to last. Just like, you know, the spring flowers that are happening on my cherry trees right now will not
0: be here for very long. Those Hang petals would- were- Wait, I'm so sorry. You have a cherry tree, like a cherry blossom tree.
1: Like a cherry blossom tree. That
0: yeah. is awesome. I really want one. They are so pretty. They're so pretty. I have two different ones.
1: Yeah, they're so pretty.
0: I'm oh so sorry. I had to
1: ask. Oh, and then the wind blows and then it looks like it snowed. Yes. Everywhere. I just yeah. love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. But like any flower, so it's, 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 it's passing, right? It's not going to stay. Our youth, you know, is passing. It's not going to stay. So Saturn tends to create situations in our life that remind us, that this world is, um, it's going to trip us up a little bit in this world, so that we remember who we truly are, and that we, that we look inside. We look inside for the light, and we're not, we don't get too attached to the physical world. So therefore, sometimes Saturn causes us loss, uh, and loss is just so it's really about transformation to the soul, but to the ego, anything you're going to have to let go of feels like loss to the ego. So that's always a dance we're doing. So just think about it. You know, everybody's always experiencing uh, the Saturn aspect in some way. And We're going to talk about the return, but we've had a really strong Saturn for the last two and a half years because it's been in, <laughs> in astrology and we'll have it strong for the next actually three years because it's going to duck its head into Aquarius, which is where your Saturn is, and then it's going to go back into Capricorn, and then it's going to come back and be in Saturn in, in Aquarius for another two and a half years. What's so interesting is Saturn is the only planet to own two consecutive constellations. That's how strong it is. So when Saturn is well aspected, aspected or in its own house, Capricorn, Aquarius, where it's happy, it's comfortable, think about being in your own house. You know how it rolls, you know where everything is, you're comfortable. Sometimes when you're in another house, somebody else's, you might not be so comfortable, Mm -hmm. or feel so powerful there. Saturn's been very powerful um, and has been helping us in this this pandemic. And as I like to say, this big paradigm shift we're in to restructure, tear down structures, tear down systems and to restructure things. Uh, But Saturn's a taskmaster and will have us working very hard as it moves into Aquarius here, as it will... Uh, As almost as we speak here on the 28th of April, it'll be there till mid July. And then once we get to January 2023, it'll be there for another couple of years. It is really bringing our social awareness uh, to the surface, you know, wanting us to find new ways to structure and to connect in on social ideals and how do we do that how do we take care of everybody saturn is this amazing planet that will sacrifice the one to take care of the many so this is incredibly democratic so saturn sometimes will cause you even to have to let go of something or Maybe you know you not to be in the limelight because it's better for the group that you're involved with mm. if you're not being the one where Leo's like, it's all about the one. So you know we have it's it's all somewhere within the zodiac with and within ourselves as well. So the Saturn return happens at. 28 to 30 years old, and then 58 to 60 years old, just depending on how Saturn's cycling and retrograding, and then it'll happen once again if you live that long in your lifetime. I think it's 88 to 90 years old, and so Saturn is bringing us face to face with our responsibilities. You can think of Saturn, uh, and in my in my archetype system, it is um, the organizer, and it's also the great administrator, and it's also the great advocate, and Saturn is going to want to restructure and organize things. When it's being the administrator, just depending on where it is in your chart, it's a leadership position. And it's the one who can oversee everything and see what needs to be done um, and hopefully be able to delegate for that. Saturn can cause a lot of fear and a lot of perfectionism. When it comes to its return, it's when you are called its first return when you are called to take more responsibility, it's time to grow up basically. So is like, okay, great. You're in your twenties. You're about to leave your twenties and your thirties are going to be different. It's time to grow up. You might be feeling that need of like, oh, I need to get a real job or start a family or I need to start taking care of myself. There's this like this tap on the shoulder of like, wow you know i'm 30 years old and it's not just because you've you know lived three decades it's because saturn's there, reminding you of it's very important for you to know what you're responsible for and also to know what you're not responsible for because as much as saturn can cause us to take on responsibility it's also there to show us where we're being over responsible so if we're taking on so if if you're at that age for instance your first saturn return and for some reason are taking on the responsibilities of your partner or even your parents. Maybe you had to parent your parents. That happens. Uh, maybe you have financial responsibilities that really aren't yours to shoulder. Uh, maybe you haven't been able to you know, ask for support or, so, or help. It's going to show you where you are being over-responsible by you just won't have the bandwidth to be able to carry that so-called debt anymore because it's like an energetic debt if you think about it does that make sense
0: yeah currently at the time of the recording i'm not gonna uh, share what it is because people don't know about it yet it might come out on the podcast but i i feel what you're saying about this no longer serves you even though you're good at it it's not something that you're great at, and this is the thing that that you are great at. So it, it does make sense. It's resonating, and for everyone that's listening, I'm 28, so I'm like <laughs> smack dab middle of it. But
1: well, um, you're, and you're yeah. gonna have your. Exa- I was looking this up for you, um, so you'll have your exact return actually on the 30th of this month so like within oh, in four days of so oh, april really write 30th, this down 30th you're going to have your exact return now you're having your saturn return the whole time that it's in the constellation that it was when you were born in vedic astrology you were born with saturn in aquarius it's your fifth mm-hmm. house of creativity of children of poor vipunya your your merits you've brought over from past lives and so you're at 0.5 degrees then Uh, Saturn is going to come back to that exact point again on the 9th of July and then on the 17th of January, 2023. So you're
0: going to get three bits of it.
1: That's because it's retrograding and then it'll go direct again. Oh gosh.
0: I'm slightly scared, but like really, I'm more excited than I am scared. You're
1: already feeling it. So you're
0: already (laughs) in it. Now, you will be in it, um, t-
1: 2020, 23 and 2024. I'm not sure these, ex- I forget the exact date, but it's going to transition after that. So you've got a little while here while Saturn is, and I I'm actually in my Saturn return. Oh, really? I'm on oh, my second true. Saturn return. Um, and uh, mine is at the last degrees of Capricorn. So I know this intimately, it's a great subject right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it shows up the second return is a little different than the first return, but let me talk a little bit more about the first return because that's really your audience here. So this is where you, one of the ways that Saturn brings you face to face with, uh, that growing up process mm-hmm. is there may be things that, uh, that just fall away. And it could even look like losing a job or a partner or, you know, just what you were interested in. You aren't anymore, but sometimes it, if you're not willing to let go, it can be something a little bit mm-hmm. more intense and it'll happen in the realm of life that um, the house that it falls in. Okay, so for you, it's in your fifth house. And so that's also children. You may even feel, start to feel like, Hey, I, you know, I, I want to have children, I have you baby know?
0: fever, really bad. Okay, yeah,
1: <laughs> It's in, it's in your fifth house. And so there's, and then that's of course, another responsibility level. Mm-hmm. So there's that your creativity, um, it, you know, bringing you kind of face to face with like, Oh, like, you know, am I using my creativity or where should, mm-hmm. or am I even using it wisely or, or what the creative stuff that's coming through for you, it's going to come through in a more Uh, I want to say social ideals kind of way, you know, how do we help the world Uh, and taking some responsibility about that? Not just thinking Saturn is going to bring you opportunities or situations to actually step into that. Uh, It's going to show you those doorways. And it also, um, the archetype of Saturn uh, within the mythology walks with a limp, because again, Saturn's always going to sort of take your feet out from under you in a way in the physical world to go slower. So mm-hmm. what it does is it, it doesn't deny you what it is that your heart desires, as long as it's with in complete alignment with your purpose. If it's not, it will uh, if it's in alignment with your purpose it will del- it tends to delay things saturn's slow it moves slower so it's going to delay things and so it's not very easy for people who are very impatient uh and aren't <laughs> we all impatient well and and actually you've got pr- some decent patience but aren't we all impatient at some level saturn will teach you your patience like for instance my daughter was born in her saturn cycle so she ran uh, 19 years of Saturn as an undercurrent. We really haven't talked about what that the cycle is, but just, it's the same energy and it's very hard on the young. So Saturn doesn't mature at, at 36 years old and older sat, you're more able to be in your Saturn cycle for 19 years, because you've got some maturity around patients and such where she had these, it felt like a lot of limitations, even though she's wildly talented, incredibly successful now with her own hair salon. Uh, And but just school was a challenge and those things once she got out of her Saturn cycle and stepped into her Mercury cycle was right when she went into got out of um, school and then she decided to go to school for being a hairstylist ended up as an apprentice in a top salon was one of their top gals like within by the time she was 22 years old and That's and awesome. she, and then by the time she was so what have they've they been in there five years she's 30 now so when she was 25 she opened up with a business partner her own salon um downtown seattle beautiful um really doing her own creative work so all of that early life um <laughs> Having to learn, you know, things weren't just handed to her. She wasn't the lucky one, but she was very talented and just, you know, that perseverance. She's got that perseverance. And so Saturn will teach you perseverance, whether you like it or not. And it's better to, when you feel like, okay, here's one of the big challenges when you feel like, okay, I'm on the right track. And then, like, okay, I'm doing this business I wanna be doing, for instance, or I'm in this career I wanna be in, or even this relationship. And then it's not going the way you'd like it to go or as quick as you'd like it to go.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: sometimes we think, okay, well, I'm even on the right path or I'm on the wrong path. And that can be real. And that's when you should actually get a consultation to, to understand mm-hmm. whether you aren't because we abort mission a lot of the times because it's not happening fast enough. And we have so much cultural programming that's coming at us that we think it should be like somebody else or like it says on social media, which, you know, that's a little bit of the story. So you always have to check in with, and this is whether you're with Saturn or not. It's like, am I on purpose? Do I feel like I am? So then we need to work through the obstacles um, because Saturn will definitely set up an obstacle course for you. But if you stay on purpose, it will never deny. It'll just delay and it'll actually pay you with interest in the end, but you have to make it all the way to the end. And that's the thing saturn. so uh it's it's um everyone gets to go through their saturn return and again it's very relative to the part of your chart that it's in and the part of your chart that it aspects and for you it aspects your 11th house which is larger financial gains which is also your community and um, communities and groups and organizations. It's a relationship house and a wealth house, a very interesting placement. And so you were born with that aspect though, because that's where Saturn already is. So you're used to that. Saturn wants to structure that for you and structure community for you. and, And maybe has it grow a little bit slower or uh, slower than you would like it to in some ways, but um, you've got a whole bunch of others. You know, we have to always look at the whole chart. So, anyway, Saturn return, interesting time. When you get to the second return of life, it's a little different. It again is going to show you responsibility, but it's going to bring more responsibility if you're on track in the form of recognition, in the form of, and it also depends on how good your Saturn is, but in the form of recognition, in the form of, um, you know, that could mean more uh, if you're in a client-based business, clients and customers, it could be, you know, within whatever you're wanting to be recognized in the world, if you've been working at it and going for it and staying true to the path, that's usually when you'll really see this level of, um, of recognition come in or, uh, or even a business will grow at that time, for instance, or you're, a lot of people retire at that time now also be, and, not that we retire at sixty-five, but a lot of times there'll be even a financial gain at that time that allows someone to to actually retire. So it's a really interesting time at the different times. Now it also brings challenges. That second Saturn return, we usually see parents falling away, but that's kind of that. You know, we can say um, that's normally sort of the time of life that that happens. But is Saturn a part of that? Yes, it is. Saturn's actually uh, a part of
0: that. Uh-huh. Okay, this a lot of things are connecting, and then there's also like a lot of more questions that I have. (laughs) Um, But it's more like questions more for my personal self. So I've been taking notes, but I I see where it has where Saturn has um, interfered, interjected into my life, and the things that are changing and. Um, like he had mentioned, like that things fall away and that it no longer serves you. I see all of that and I still see more that is like literally happening today and that will happen over the next um, three, four weeks, if I'm thinking about it correctly. But it's strange, but it's not as overwhelming as I thought it would be. It's like, oh, Okay like okay and like you you mentioned like I have patience (laughs) I have patience with like where I work with now with like my kids and myself and like certain people but when it comes to things that like I want to do and I want to get done I have no patience with myself I am a very mean person to myself but I've learned to speak nicer to myself and I know like if people know me, like in real time, you're listening to this, you're like, Jacare you're the nicest person ever. I'm, I'm a really horrible person to myself, but. Um, well, that's where you need to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I've been changing, like how I speak to myself and being more encouraging and more positive. And with that change over the last, I would say maybe three years or so, like, it's a whole work in progress, but it has been amazing. My friend group has changed. uh, Like a lot of things in my life has changed where I'm not as stressed out anymore. I'm not as overwhelmed anymore. And I don't, or I am actively working on not people pleasing anymore. I rather do things for myself because if you bump up against my boundaries, I'm sorry, my boundaries are still there to stay. So you could leave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's just something that I had to do for myself. And I know that it's, it's working amazing, but for the people that it doesn't work for, I'm, I'm so sorry, but they're no longer in my life. So there's a reason. So let's
1: talk about, um, people pleasing and boundaries a little bit. So,
0: uh, boundaries are ruled by
1: Saturn. Saturn is, is the, the King of boundaries and in fact, I have a whole module in my Solutionary Blueprint program on boundaries, and most people work with what I teach in that module for months and always go back to it because it is a really big issue, and it's a big issue for for everyone. And I want to say for the feminine, for women, it's um, a very big issue because we are we are groomed to be we are biological nurturers, but we're also um, culturally for way too long have been um, taught to sacrifice ourselves for others, which, you know, and so our, we don't, we don't know our boundaries necessarily so much. And, and do you have children? Did I hear you say you have children? Uh, I, I do. It's my stepdaughter. She's
0: 11. She's also- you
1: have children. Okay, great. So with children, and I raised four. So I, you know, they're, they're looking for boundaries because it allows them to know where they stop and other thing other else, other things start. And there's a, You know, boundaries gets a bad rap, but at the same time, when we have boundaries, and in my definition of them, they are not walls to keep other people out. They are rule sets for yourself that you live by, and then inform how other others actually treat you. It's really about the way you make your choices. And you know, you could say someone oversteps your boundaries, but you either hold up a boundary. And part of that may sometimes be changing a relationship, you know, sometimes we we don't want to make the choice to be able to uphold their boundaries, you know, may find that their boundaries are, are broken, but it's up to us to withhold, uphold our boundaries and sometimes in extreme cases that means changing our environment, changing our relationships, in order to have those boundaries boundaries are so great and because they they're a sense of their sovereignty their liberation they allow us to not lose our power they allow an even energy exchange with others and for us to say you know when i'm not that's not an even even energy exchange and this is where i have a, a boundary i no longer say yes to that or let you say yes for me or whatever it might be um and then and that's just a little bit on boundaries, but Saturn rules boundaries because Saturn wants you to have boundaries. So Saturn will always show you your limitations. It'll mm-hmm. show you your weaknesses so that you wake up to them, not so that you beat yourself up, but so that yeah. you see where you so you, you see where the you know, you have a weakness in your dam and like where we need to build that up a little bit so we, know we can have this container for our energy And with the people pleaser, which is the shadow, one of the shadow sides of the connector, and you have a very strong connector, Mm -hmm. that is your ruling planet and your Libra rising in Vedic astrology. And then you have this whole stellium of planets there to make life really complicated. But uh, (laughs) that makes you very interesting, my dear. But, uh, and I'm looking down because I'm looking at your chart. So with the people pleaser, um, you know, the connector wants to connect uh, connection is currency on many levels and it's Venus. And, and Venus is all about connection, connection with, with people, with animals, with the world, with nature, and very heart-centered, uh, but will put relationship above everything else. Now the feminine in general will tend to put relationship above everything. So we have to know how to manage our relationship so that we don't abort mission in our, in our work in the world, for instance. Mm-hmm uh but with the people pleaser it's a back it's a, a a shadow way of why being wired on how we get love oh it's like looking for love in all the wrong places oh if i if mm. i do what they want me to do we're not thinking this conscious it's usually an unconscious pattern if i do what they want me to do then i'll be able to the love me that's kind of the underlying and it has to do with worthiness issues which we need to untangle to Allow someone to step out of that people pleaser and be able to meet people on a again a fair energy exchange, uh, but it's usually that's just cultural stuff that you've been wired in from family. Uh, also, the shadow side of the Great Nurturer, it which is the moon, one of the moons archetypes, is uh, is overgiving, which kind of has a, a very similar undercurrent to it. You know, again, we're gonna uh, overgive. You know, I was definitely had both of those at some level. Um, gonna overgive and in, in thinking, we'll get unconsciously thinking we're going to get love or get what it is we desire. Then we don't get it and we feel bad anyway. Then we get to turn into the martyr, which is really sexy. And then complain on that. We don't, you know, we don't even, we do all this for someone or we give you this and we don't even get. So um, it's a little nasty nest there, but it is possible to un- unravel all of that and then reclaim our energy from it, find that place of our boundaries, of our self love and also respecting you know, others and others people's energy and being able to make the choices for who's right for us and who's not right for us. And that's really
0: mm.
1: an important choice to be able to make.
0: It um, is. So uh, I know we're, we're getting ready to wrap up, but I do have two questions. Uh, one that I ask everyone that, that is on the podcast is, what does adulting mean to you? But we'll answer that one second. Um, uh, But the first question specifically pertaining to yourself is if someone is looking into their Saturn return, um, what is one piece of advice that you would, you would give them? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I would, I would actually just get super practical and I would make a list of the things that you feel responsible for, like that you just really feel, okay, here's my responsibilities. And then I would go back through that list And I would um, separate it out in what are the things that I feel responsible and ask yourself this very important question that are truly mine to be responsible for. Mm. And the things that are, and then the things that are not truly yours to be responsible for, those are the things that you're going to want to uh, let go of. And I understand letting go can be a process. So that might be setting a boundary that might be saying no, that might be, you know, um, it might not be an overnight thing. So maybe, uh, you know, it might be part of the job that you're doing for the company you work for. So you're going to have to create some new boundaries or ask for a raise or, you know, so you want to get very clear about what's your responsibility. I remember um, there was a a time, when my children were all young teenagers and it was new year's eve and i we all were doing our intentions and i said to them okay, well, this is what I intend now is that I will no longer do anything for you that you can do for yourself, that it would be better for you to do for yourself. Mm. And my stepson said to me, well, that does not sound very good for us. And so (laughs) therefore (laughs) that is when they took over their own laundry and several other things. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, and then I was dealing with a Saturn aspect at that time. So responsibility can be simple things like that, or you you're going to see where, wow, I've taken on way too much, or I'm ready to step into the next level of responsibility. So really look at your responsibilities.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm going to do that because I can think of five things off the top of my head that I put myself responsible for, but I'm not responsible for That's yeah. That's someone else.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get a currency in a day. And, <laughs> a and if you use that all up on things that are not really for mm-hmm. you and don't, don't, um, energize you don't give back, you won't have enough energy for what it is you really want to create. You just won't. You'll be energetically bankrupt.
0: This makes so much more sense in my life. (laughs) Um, So the second question, uh, what does adulting mean to you? You know, it has a
1: lot of, it has a lot to do with what we've been talking about. It is adulting is about being responsible. And really the the core of it is I believe that I create my own reality and Mm whether, and, some of that I'm conscious about some of it I'm unconscious and some of it is like soul choices. And that's, it's out here somewhere, but thank God for Vedic astrology and I can understand that better and help other people too. So it is a lot about being, um, you know, being responsible for really what's my path
0: Mm.
1: and uh, and to choosing to be on purpose and make that a priority.
0: Oh, I listened to a podcast this morning and we talked to, well, she was talking about priorities and what do you actually prioritize rather than saying, I don't have time for that. Change it to, I don't prioritize that. And I was like, Oh, that hits a lot more like closer to home than saying like, Oh, I just don't have time for that. So this today has been a very insightful day. (laughs) This week has been very insightful Um, just things that I've been asking for from the universe and now it's at the time where it's like oh here's your answer here's your answer here's your answer so I'm grateful slightly overwhelmed but it's like a like a good overwhelm like I want it to keep coming so I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing rather than being stuck in like yo-yoing back and forth it's like well I don't know about this and let's let's try to do this so I I know guys I'm being very vague but it's for a reason. But um, I, I see all the connections and things that are, that are happening and I, I love where it's going. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, Prima, as we wrap up, can you tell everyone where they can find you, um, where they can access if they want to do their Sacred well Code, like yeah. your books, like all of it, just spam us and I will have it all down in the comments, <laughs> the show notes, in the show notes. There we go.
1: So uh, you can go to my website, um, sacred. Wealthcode.com. will get you there. And everything is right there. So when you get there, uh, right on the homepage, you'll see where you could book a Sacred Wealth Code reading. There's three different levels. You can get your, just get your archetypes and, um, and some training on that, or you get that and you have a, a live session with me and we really decode all of that for you and dive into it. And always my, um, my readings are always very transformational. It's not about just about information. You could take the sacred wealth code quiz once you get there and you'll get one of your archetypes by taking that quiz and you'll get, you'll get a nice um, download of that and some training on that. Uh, my, all my books, my book, uh, my Oracle cards and my journal are all there as well. Or you can go to Amazon and just Google sacred wealth code and you're, it'll come right up Premalikariri. And then, and if you're really interested in taking this work, if it really Um, feels like, wow, I would really love to understand uh, myself, my work in the world, if if I know that, or if I want to shift what that is. And uh, my Solutionary Blueprint program is a program we book a call for, and we have a conversation about if it's a a fit for you, it's a year-long mastermind, but it has got all the resources you need, um, including your Sacred Wealth Code and understanding your soul blueprint, and then all the practical things that we've talked about and so much more.
0: Yes. I love it. Like you don't, you, I, I, I have thanked her already. I have thanked Ella like many times over, but I'm going to thank her again because this podcast episode, I really want to invite you back if that's okay. I'd be happy to. Yeah. Um, yay. Mm-hmm. Um, so guys, I don't know when guys just is, it's, it's going to be there. Just, just hang on. Um, but this, this has been amazing. It's been exactly what I've been looking for. You've been super informative. And awesome. I I've, I've enjoyed my sacred wealth code and like, guys, I'm not kidding. <laughs> just go connect with her. She's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say thank you. Like again, so much for, for being a part of the podcast.
1: My pleasure. And it's really wonderful to be here with you and your audience. So thanks so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. So is there any last minute uh, things that you want to add? before I'll just add
1: one thing. thing. Mm-hmm. And that is that, underneath the core of everything that I'm here for and want to support you with is that really, if I could leave you with one thing is that trust yourself and do whatever you can, invest in yourself in any way you can, whether this work is resonant or something else, to really learn how to trust yourself, to entrust those intuitive hits that come up to trust um, what you're here for to trust, what your desires are, to know how to really connect in with your heart and know what they are, but to really master yourself, this amazing, you know, it's it's about you, this amazing vehicle of experience your soul has is you. And to be able to trust yourself to navigate your life, your, your business, your work in the world, your heart, your relationships. Yeah, connect with yourself and really learn to trust.
0: So would it be safe to assume, you know, like when you're younger, people say the world does not revolve around you? Is it safe to say that here, that the the world does revolve around you because it is about you?
1: Your world does. And as
0: long (laughs) as you know your place in the world and you're very clear on your world. Yes. Okay. Okay. Take notes of those uh, key pronouns, it's your world, and then you find a place in the world. I like that. But thank you so much Prima for joining me today on another episode of Let's Try Adulting. I love doing these so much. So yeah, thank you so much. Uh, okay, um, awesome. how did you feel about it? Oh, it was great, yeah. Did you, was it Was it what you wanted? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, it, it was very informative um especially with the Saturn return and then also like the the pre-stuff before the Saturn return but I did take notes there's a lot of things that I'm going to look at and awesome. I, yeah yeah this is this is awesome
1: <laughs> so send me your form or whatever I know you have to hop off whatever it is that you need from me and I will get that over to you okay?
0: yeah I will um it might be after the live Maybe. I will send it over It'll happen tomorrow anyway okay all right all right Wonderful. thank you all right take care my dear keep in touch bye, bye. Hey there, thank you so much for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you have loved it, can you do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it with me on your Instagram stories and tag me at Jacara Davis. I would love to know what is your best and biggest takeaway from this podcast episode and how much that you have loved it. All the links mentioned in this podcast episode are linked down in the show notes. Again, my name is Jacara Davis, and I will see you here next time on the podcast.